Well, good afternoon. Well, is it morning? It's morning. <laughs> good morning. It's great to be with you on this very special day of remembrance. And the film that we have just watched showed something of the fact that our freedom was bought by those who died for our nation. And uh, that, so that we wouldn't be under the oppression of a foreign ruler. It also showed that God shed his blood to bring each one of us into a freedom that is even greater than national freedom. You know, freedom is a wonderful word, isn't it? When we think about freedom, it is a desirable position to be in. Every single one of us wants freedom. And I want to speak this morning something about what freedom is and the different levels of freedom. Obviously, it's a massive subject, but uh, I'll only scratch the surface. But there's a little PowerPoint slide here of something that in the church, in Bristol Freedom Church, last week, we produced this work of art. Come on. (laughs) Uh, No, you don't need to clap. It's not that good. (laughs) But just with poppies over the word freedom, which is a way of remembering. It's a way of giving thanks for our national freedom because of the sacrifice of others. I don't know about you, but I don't want an aggressive, oppressive, outside government controlling our nation. Do you? I don't think any of us want that. It is a wonderful thing to be able to go to the polling station and place our vote for whoever we want. It's good to have that freedom But we've also got to acknowledge that that's far from perfect. There's a sense in which our government is broken. There's a brokenness within government. Uh, And we see that over Brexit, for example. And and asking the question, why? The the answer to that is very simple. (laughs) Because we have imperfect leaders and we have imperfect voters. I could spend a long time unpacking that. I won't, but let's just leave that there for this morning. We have imperfect leaders and we have imperfect voters. So, as a nation, we are governmentally free, but there is a brokenness within government. Another of our cherished freedoms is freedom of choice. In our nation, the rise of radical individualism is clear to see. So freedom of choice has been elevated to an extremely high position in our nation. Basically, this concept of having all options open to us and being true to freeze whatever we want. And nobody telling us what to choose. Some of that is pretty simple stuff like you know, we can choose where to go buy a coffee. Uh, there's plenty of choice, isn't there? You know, Costa Cafe Nero or Starbucks, etc., etc., etc. We're free to choose. Take lifestyle choices. As a society, we've never been more liberated from tradition, uh, authority structures that we've known in the past saying what's acceptable. Two or three weeks ago, I was listening to Five Live, and I was listening to this debate going on between a trans guy and a feminist, and they were having quite a debate. 
And I found it extremely interesting. The feminist was deeply, deeply concerned that men self-identifying as women were taking the ground that should be women's. And she used an example of the top 100 women CEOs, and that list now has somebody in it who was a man who is now a woman. And she was angry about it. She was really angry. And then the trans guy, I'll never forget what he, what he said. He said the suicide rate is very high among trans. And he said, we are messed up. We are messed up. As I listened to their conversation, the word that really came to my heart, and I felt sad, the word was brokenness. Brokenness. The kingdom of feminism clashing with the kingdom of trance on Five Live. The problem with radical individualism, our choices have impact on the lives of others. We have the freedom to make bad choices as well as Good choices. I know a mother right now who is struggling because her daughter is an alcoholic and she gets abusive texts when her daughter is drunk. She gets abusive full-on assaults verbally. Freedom of choice is good. But when we make bad choices... It brings brokenness to our own lives. And it brings brokenness to the lives of others. I'm going to ask you a question, and uh, I want you to respond to it. Hands up if you have never, ever made a bad choice in your entire life. We've got a couple of hands. <laughs> Do you really mean that? <laughs> I certainly couldn't put my hand up because I have definitely made bad choices. I have chosen to say and I have chosen to do things that have hurt other people. I've contributed to the brokenness of this world by doing that. But I have some good news. (laughs) Some good news because I have discovered that there is a freedom that enables me to choose rightly instead of wrongly. That enables me to bless people instead of bring brokenness to others. In the first century, a guy called John, who was a follower of Jesus Christ, wrote in what we now have in the Bible. It's John chapter 8 verse 36. And he said this. If... The Son, that's God the Son, Jesus Christ, sets you free, you will be free indeed. You know, national freedom, individual freedom is low level stuff. God the Son is saying, I can give you freedom at a much, much deeper, more wonderful level than any other freedom. It's free indeed. <laughs> Truly free, really free. 
You know why? Because it's freedom at the core of your being. It's freedom on the inside. Jesus wants to set us free from shame. There is much shame in our nation. Much shame. Many people are carrying loads of shame. Free from guilt. Free from fear. You know, John had lost his national freedom and his individual freedom. He was living as an exile on the Isle of Patmos. But inside he was totally free. (laughs) He knew the freedom of Jesus Christ. He discovered this inside job that only Jesus Christ can do. Isaiah wrote about how Jesus achieved this freedom. That's really important. And I'm going to read from Isaiah 53 what Jesus did in order to set you free and to set me free. It's from the message version. The fact is, it was our pains he carried Our disfigurements, all the things wrong with us. We thought he'd brought it on himself, that God was punishing him for his own failures. But it was our sins that did that to him, that ripped and tore and crushed him. Our sins. He took the punishment. And that made us whole. Through his bruises we get healed. We all like sheep. Wandered off and got lost. We've all gone. Sorry, we've all done our own thing. Gone our own way. And God has piled all our sins. Everything we've done wrong. On him. On He was broken for our brokenness. You know, this is the opposite of radical individualism. Radical individualism breaks others. This is the total opposite of radical, sacrificial love. Jesus dying in the place of you and me. Every single one of us in this room has been touched by brokenness. And we could look at many aspects of brokenness. I'm just going to look at one. Broken relationships. Broken relationships. If we look at our nation, we see much of that. We see desertion, we see divorce, we see death. You know, death is the ultimate Reality of brokenness. My father-in-law is 90. And uh, he lives in the annex just at the back of our house in the garden. And uh, in, in many ways his, his body is, is just packing up. He's dying. He just lays in one position. And moves his hands to feed himself. And he'd much rather somebody else fed him, but he will. <laughs> and he will turn his head and speak. 
But basically, his body's pretty much packed up. He's bedridden. He's dying. After my first wife died, when, when I was at my very, very lowest, I, I felt God speak clearly into my mind. It wasn't meant to be this way, son. It wasn't meant to be this way, son. So where did death come from? Where did brokenness come from? If we go right back to the beginning of the Bible in Genesis chapter 1, we see that God created a perfect world. There was perfect harmony between God and man, between man and the creatures, between man and the planet. Nothing was broken. It was 100% beautiful. Man was made in the image of God and with that image, he had the ability to choose. And this is where it all began. The ability to choose. I think it's absolutely amazing that God said, you know, he can choose absolutely everything and everything's going to be a good choice apart from one. Out of all the choices you can make, all of them are good apart from one. There's just one bad choice on option. We've got many bad choices, haven't we? I don't even have just one bad choice. And basically that, that bad choice was radical individualism. That was basically what it was. To be your own boss and have your own kingdom and basically say to God, I don't want your rule, I want to rule myself. That was basically the one choice. You see, God is the perfect ruler. He is good. He is just. He is all-knowing. His kingdom is perfect. And that is a wonderful kingdom. (laughs) A beautiful kingdom. Where there is no shame, no guilt, no fear, no pain, no death. The kingdom of God is sheer, unadulterated, pure beauty. Awesome. And God said, the moment you choose self-rule, you will die. You will die. Death will enter the world. When Adam and Eve chose that self-rule path, The deep connection they had with God, a spiritual connection, died. And they became spiritually dead. The deep, deep connection that they had with one another was broken. The deep connection that they had with the planet was broken. And you know what was the very first thing that they felt when they did that? Shame. Shame. Very first thing that happened after self-rule came was shame. Up until that point, they had been naked and had felt that to be normal and beautiful. And now the purity and beauty of their sexuality was broken. It's been broken ever since. The next thing they do is play the blame game. 
<laughs> the first time it was ever played. Adam blames Eve. Eve blames the serpent. It's even worse than that because Adam insinuates that God, it's your fault. He says, the woman that you gave me. (laughs) You know, I wouldn't have messed up. If you hadn't given me that woman, I'd have been okay. (laughs) So God, it's your fault. You gave me the woman. Isn't it amazing how we even blame God? We blame God. At the age of 14, I I realized that I was a self-ruling, blame-gaming kid. And I had to acknowledge that I had messed up. Have you realized that yet? Have you realized? I think all of us are. At that point, I did something simple but very hard. You know, some of the simple things are the hardest things. You know, it was difficult to let go of my little kingdom. It really was. I think all of us find it difficult to let go of our own little kingdom. And to step into God's kingdom. To let go of the brokenness of self-rule and step into the beauty of God's rule. I found that difficult. It took humility to say guilty. It took humility to say I messed up. Me! (laughs) Dealing with my rebellion and pride was the tough bit. (laughs) But I came to a point where I was willing to pay the price... In order to move from brokenness to beauty, to exchange my dirty, messed up heart for a clean one, (laughs) to move from shame and guilt to having no condemnation. And I suppose what I did was personalize Isaiah 53. And I've tried to do that, and, and I, I want you to look at this, and as I read it, follow it. And this is true for you. Today, if you've never personalized what Jesus did for you on the cross, today you can. And if you already have done, then reaffirm the only reason that when the kingdom of God is because of what Jesus did for us. The fact is, it was my pains he carried, my disfigurements, all the things wrong with me. I thought he brought it on himself, that God was punishing him for his own failures, but it was my sins that did that to him, that ripped and tore and crushed him, my sins. He took the punishment 
And that made me whole. Through his bruises I get healed. I am like a sheep who wandered off and got lost. I've done my own thing. Gone my own way. And God has piled all my sins. Everything I've done wrong. On him. On him. I did that when I was 14 and I was set free. The next day I walked down the lane to catch the bus to go to school and I had a peace that I'd never known before. I had an internal freedom from guilt and shame. I was alive again. Spiritually alive. A connection with God. And today Jesus Christ offers you that same freedom. To make you free indeed. Free on the inside. Free from shame and guilt and fear. Because Jesus has taken your shame. He has taken your guilt. He has taken your fears. He's taken all of your brokenness and he bore it on the cross for you. So the question this morning is, are you prepared to let go of your little kingdom of your own and step into God's kingdom? Step out of your little self-rule and step into God's rule. And accept what Jesus did on the cross for you. Jesus died for you. He loves you. Right now he's seeking for you. His heart is for you. And the invitation is for you. I'm going to pray a prayer. And after I prayed it through once, I'm going to stop. And I'm going to pray it through again the second time, slowly, so that you could follow it in your heart and your mind. Reading it through once so you know what you're going to pray, if you choose to pray it. The prayer is this. Lord Jesus Christ, I'm sorry for the things I've done wrong in my life. Please forgive me. I now turn from everything that I know is wrong. Thank you that you died on the cross for me. So that I could be forgiven and set free. Thank you that you offer me forgiveness. And the gift of your spirit. I now receive that gift. Please come into my life by your Holy Spirit to be with me forever. Thank you Lord Jesus. Amen. I'm going to leave a gap between the first sentence. I'm sorry for the things I've done wrong in my life. To give you time to just in your heart and mind confess individual things that you feel prompted by God to confess to say God I'm sorry that I did X I'm sorry that I did Y so let's just every head bow and every eye close let's just be in this moment of of quietness and if today you want to step into the freedom that God has for you to step out of your kingdom into his kingdom to receive his forgiveness, then just in your heart and your mind, pray this prayer. Lord Jesus Christ, I'm sorry for the things I've done wrong in my life. 
So just have these few moments of silence where you just name in your mind individual specific things. Please forgive me. I now turn from everything that I know is wrong. Thank you that you died on the cross for me. So that I could be forgiven and set free. Thank you that you offer me forgiveness. And the gift of your spirit. I now receive that gift. Please come into my life by your Holy Spirit to be with me forever. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen.